630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is an interesting time in the world, a difficult time, and certainly a very unusual time in the world of sports that doesn't really have a world of sports right now as uh, pretty much everything has been shut down, paused, or suspended. So I thought, well, how am I going to start the show? Well, I'll tell you this. I'll start the show with this tidbit and give you a name to remember for whenever we have a Canadian Football League season. I'm going to start with actual real sports news, Kellen, before we get into some other stuff about a new player. The Edmonton Eskimos have signed American receiver Rodney Smith. Spent the last two years with the Toronto Argos, played 23 games, had 903 yards receiving. He's a big dude, 6'5", 235 pounds. I know when Dave Campbell saw this earlier, Dave's the producer of this show, covers the Eskimos. He said, this is a good signing. This is a big body who can go up and get the ball. So there we have it, some uh, actual sports news that doesn't involve a league being shut down or a player being ill or something like that. So there's a little something to remember, a name to file away, Rodney Smith. Hope you're doing okay. Hope you're staying safe and healthy. Of course, the uh, update today, six new cases of COVID-19 in the province of Alberta in the last 24 hours. The total is now up to 29. All the cases have been travel-related or involving someone in close contact with a uh, returning traveler. I'm just going to, you know, you're probably hearing this all day, but I, I think it's important to, to keep people informed of this. Uh, there's going to be an online self-assessment tool starting pretty soon, ahs.ca slash COVID. That is ahs.ca slash COVID. So uh, remember that. Maybe if you're not feeling great or you're worried about some symptoms, you'll be able to do a self-assessment there. Uh, Travel outside of Canada is not recommended, and uh, returning travelers should self-isolate for 14 days. City rec centers are going to remain open, but programs and classes are canceled. Uh, City-run senior centers will be closed through the weekend. Public library is open, but classes, events and meeting room bookings are cancelled. The Masters postponed. The Masters was supposed to be from April 9th to 12th. It is postponed. No date announced. The Boston Marathon was going to be run on April 20th. They will push that back to September 14th. And the Hockey Hall of Fame is closing until April 6th. Some notes from sports. Uh, last night, while the show was on, we got the announcement from Hockey Canada, subsequently Hockey Alberta, about shutting down their leagues, tournaments, and events, and all that type of thing. Tom Rennie is the CEO of Hockey Canada. He'll join us between 7 and 7.30 tonight for uh, a little more on that and his reaction perspective to everything that has been, uh, has been going on. U Sports uh, played a day at the University Cup. The uh, men's university hockey championship canceled it, canceled the women's tournament, canceled the two volleyball tournaments. So there's uh, not a lot going on sports-wise, but uh, still quite a bit to talk about. And and again, I really hope everybody's doing okay and staying safe. Gary Bettman spoke to uh, Sportsnet today. We have some clips from there. Uh, Bettman was asked 
about the decision to return to play, and he said, well, yeah, that's ultimately not up to the NHL. I, I think those are in charge of our governments, either in Canada or the U.S., both at the federal level, the state level, and the local level will tell us, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're not equipped to, to say, you know, the, the pandemic's over. Uh, there are going to be medical people at, at the highest level who are going to tell us all, and, and it's going to relate. Listen, um, I'm in New York. Uh, I'm in the office. We, we have everybody... Uh, working from home, as do most large businesses now. And I think that's what you're seeing all over. Schools are closed uh, for the next, you know, few weeks throughout North America. And so as those decisions have been made, it's based on the advice of those in charge. And we'll be reliant on them telling us as well. All we can do is make every conceivable plan so that we're in a position to react appropriately. A little bit there from Gary Bettman, and, and he said it. This is the, the leagues are taking their cues from governments and from health officials and, and uh, those types of people. This isn't a decision that the NHL or any league can say, well, we're just going to go do this. Large gatherings are canceled, are strongly advised against so so they're not going to happen uh one thing that is being speculated on if the nhl is able to return in time this spring to get in some sort of a playoff what might the playoff format be this is a unique situation for all of us it transcends the nhl it transcends sports i mean this is you know hopefully only a once in a lifetime thing for all of us uh, as i indicated and i hope i did uh, a few minutes ago we are looking at every contingency and what's doable. So, yes, everything for consideration is on the table. It doesn't mean that any of those are going to happen. Uh, I don't want to speculate as to which direction we're going in. Uh, we are analyzing every conceivable option that is available to us, and that's not something that's static. In other words, what's an option today, uh, there may be right. different options uh, Fewer options, more options, who knows, next week. And so my hope and expectation is that we can finish the season in some form, award the Stanley Cup, and then be able to move on feeling that we accomplished that goal of finishing the season for our fans. Well, that's what the NHL would like, and I'm sure all hockey fans would like. I don't know how realistic that is. I mean, we're we're at the beginning of this pandemic. I, I think it was a week ago today we had our first verified case uh, in Alberta of COVID-19, now up to 29 cases. Hopefully this, this does not get much worse, but with large gatherings... Uh, you know, being restricted and that we're not knowing exactly how bad this is going to get, how long it's going to take. And it seems like it's going to take a while before kind of seems like it's died down or maybe even gone away, hopefully. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, even if even if things seem pretty good in four to six weeks, and that's probably an optimistic projection, that the NHL can just immediately flick the switch and say, great, away we go. Things are good. I, I think that would be tough. I, I, I want to remind everybody... Uh, what Jason Kindertruck said on this show last night. Jason Kindertruck is a Canada Research Chair at the University of Manitoba for Emerging Diseases. And uh, I, I said, look, Jason, do you think it's realistic for the NHL to think that they can give out the Stanley Cup 
this spring in the next two or three months? So, so this is a great question, right? And obviously, what what we've seen with uh, with China at least was that they, you know, they got hit really, really hard, but they were able to get things, uh, you know, mitigated and contained. Uh, you know, to the point now where basically they're they're seeing you know continual decreases in, in cases on a daily basis. Now they they did some pretty drastic things to try and 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 curb the spread, um, and, and you know, and a lot of measures that that just will simply not fly uh, in North America and through Europe. So I think you know when we look at this, I see the I see the optimism in saying you know maybe we can do this in in six weeks time. Um, I think we still have to see exactly what's going to happen in North America, um, but I, I'm not quite planning on you know any any vacations or, or going to any events uh, in the, the the next couple of months. I think this is going to take some time uh, for us to uh, to, to curb. Because again, we, listen, we we can tell in 20% of patients whether or not they are sick because they'll show severe signs of disease. But about 80% of patients will have very mild symptoms of disease. And that makes it really difficult for us because how do you track a disease when, you know, you have so few people that actually show, um, you know, very kind of overt signs of, uh, of being ill. Um, that, that is kind of what we're up against, unfortunately. All right, a little bit there from uh, Jason Kindertruck. I asked him if it's realistic for the NHL to think they can give out the Stanley Cup this spring. I mean, he said at one point that he's not planning on going to any major events or uh, traveling anywhere for, for the next eight weeks, for the next couple of months. I don't know. I mean, this to me, it's just a total holding pattern. There, there are things more important. I mean, and I know sports has been a great distraction, and that's been brought up a lot, and I mean, 9-11 was, uh, you know, a horrific event and, and obviously affected a lot of people. And sports leagues shut down for a while. And then there was a point where, you know, even people who were harshly affected by that or lost loved ones in the Twin Towers or or, or in the Pentagon crash, even a lot of those people said, we want, you know, baseball back we want the baseball playoffs to go we want the nfl we want the distraction we want something that we love to be engaged with we don't have that option here because again it's it's not up to the leagues i i I would love to see a best case scenario where we do get the stanley cup playoffs because if they didn't finish the regular season the Oilers are in right now and they're likely playing the vancouver canucks if they stick with something uh similar to the format that they that they use they may alter a little a little bit to include some some uh, wildcard teams but the other option is is that we don't have an NHL season and maybe we don't even know when we start up in the fall. And, and I'm not trying to be alarmist, but I think that's that's the other end of the spectrum. You know, maybe, maybe we're lucky enough to get in some sort of Stanley Cup tournament. I don't think it would be four best of seven rounds necessarily. Might be best of fives. But, you know... CFL in a couple months, training camps and preseason games, can those happen in time? And I'm just thinking about the logistics of so many American players having to come to Canada to, to play. What What is the situation going to be like in the United States? There, there are just so many questions surrounding this. Um, and everybody, I realize everybody's being really careful in what they say, but I just continue to look at this and I think, how in the heck do we get a league going in maybe six weeks, maybe two months, when we're just so early in the process of of dealing with this outbreak here in Canada. Anyway, 
ongoing story. We have a lot to talk about tonight. You can reach out by calling or texting 780-496-0063. Our buddy from Calgary is going to join us between 6.30 and 7. Pat Steinberg uh, will talk about a, a world with no sports. And uh, we'll also touch on the passing of Ken King, who uh, we lost yesterday after a battle with cancer. Very uh, gigantic figure in the Calgary and Alberta sports community. It's 6.18, back after the break. Tonight, uh, this texter says, Hey, Reed, pretty frustrated here in Lloydminster. Our AAA Bantams won the North Division. We were scheduled to start the league championship tomorrow against Red Deer. The boys are pretty down in the dumps right now, as are all of us parents. Hopefully, this clears up soon and we can get back at it. Well, I got to say, I, 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 feel for, I, I feel for all these amateur players, you know, the U Sports players, the. Uh, the university, well, that's the university college players, the minor hockey players who are having playoff season-ending tournaments, camps, all called off. Football Alberta, you know, canceled a bunch of stuff today. I, I, I really do feel for people because that's the grassroots of the sport. Those are the kids and the parents and the coaches and the athletes who are, you know, the, the good old playing for the love of the game thing. I know it's a corny cliche, but for a lot of people it is true. That's why you get out there and do it. And, uh, you know, a big time of year. Obviously, March is where a lot of hockey seasons wrap up for people or you get into the postseason. Kids in the AJHL. I mean, you know, 20-year-olds in the AJHL. They played their last game without knowing it was going to be their last game. You know, they thought they were going on to another playoff series and then, uh, no, the season is done. So it's tough. I mean, I, I appreciate you writing that in. And... Uh, uh, it's probably something we'll we'll talk more about and, and maybe find some stories along those lines as we continue bringing you inside sports here on 630 Chad. Definitely. Um, you know, I'm sure there's, there are going to be a lot of very uh, good human stories out there, uh, both about that and along other lines. So thanks a lot for writing that in. And I got to say to the person who wrote in, wrote in for Lloyd Minster, uh, I'm really thinking of you guys in that city today on a total unrelated note to what's going on in the world. But I'm going to say uh, thanks to uh, the city of Lloyd Minster. Thanks to what was then called CKSA Television and Radio. And thanks to uh, the former sports director there, a guy by the name of Greg Buchanan. It was 20 years ago today I started my broadcasting career at that station. Hey, happy anniversary. The Big L writes in. Now, Kellen, you know I love the Big L. In my mind, the L stands for love. It's the big love from Reed to the Big L. Capital L. Reed loves the big L. L's capitalized, both in love and in his name. Excellent. <laughs> You're fascinated. <laughs> You're absolutely fascinated. Uh, the big L says, Dear Reed, my beer league games are still happening. I can send you some vague and fake stats on a regular basis if you like. Well, I think if they're fake, they're automatically vague. I think fake trumps vague, Big L. Uh, he goes on to say, if it's not too much to ask, do you think you could find a sponsor for this segment? Thanks in advance. Sincerely yours, the Big L. <laughs> well, there's a question in there. First of all, if you want to send me some... Don't send me fake stats. 
But vague stats, sure, Big L. You can send me some vague stats along the lines of, hey, you know, Barry from Otwell had three, maybe four, maybe five shots on goal. We kind of lost track. That's fine. But he asks, do you think I could find a sponsor for this segment? Big L, I'm going to be blunt with you. We could not. <laughs> we, we, we could not. Ah, oh, that's funny. Oh, John's on the line? Is yes. this uh, comedy, John? Yes. Is this? Our old friend. John, if there Thank was you. ever a day we could use some of your riddles, this this might be it. We might have to start featuring you in a, in a segment every couple of weeks. <laughs> well, listen, I do have some riddles and some golf thoughts that might cheer you up. And then I, I have some data on the, on the coronavirus that I think people would be finding inter- interesting. Um, so here's a riddle. Um what is what are the three ugliest words in golf? What are they, John? Uh, you're still away. <laughs> I hate that phrase. That, that is a good one. Usually, I hope that they just nod at me and point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. They just yeah. There's also a Bible saying that involves golf. Uh, I'm sure you know of it because I know you're a religious guy, but. Uh, the Bible says that may the ball lie in green pastures and not in still waters. Oh, there we go. That's a, that's that's a, a good quote one. by Ben Hogan. That's a good one. <laughs> and then there's the final one today is uh, the wor- woods are full of long drivers, and I can relate to that. <laughs> I played with a guy who could throw his golf club, his driver, about 50 yards. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, that's amazing. Like a and hammer he would, throw. We bet we bet on which hole it, he would lose it, and then he just did this thing and yelled and screamed through his clubs, and then he was fine. <laughs> well, you got you got to get that release out, John. Thanks yeah. for calling, buddy. Okay. That is John seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Also, the number to text. He always brings us a little bit of golf humor, and I'm glad you decided to chime in tonight. We will catch up with Pat Steinberg in Calgary. A look back on the impact of Ken King and Tom Rennie, CEO of Hockey Canada, between 7 and 7.30 this evening. just so you can hear a little bit of hockey as we move along here on Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com.
www.thepatriotsports.com. We are going to be joined by Tom Rennie, the CEO of Hockey Canada, in uh, about half an hour as they made a big decision to call off uh, all their events here as we move on into the spring. Lauren Rubenstein will check in in about an hour from now to talk some golf. The PGA Tour was was trying to hang in there, was trying to play events. They said they were going to do it without any fans, without any galleries, and they played a, a round of the Players' Championship yesterday. And uh, then they called it off last night. And then this morning, the Masters says uh, we're going to be postponed. The Masters was supposed to be April 9th to 12th. And they have just said postponed. So that could be played at any time when it's safe and appropriate to do so. I believe, I'm pretty sure, Kellen, because of the, the heat down there, Gets darn hot down there. I'm mm-hmm. talking obviously in Georgia. Down, yes, down there should be a little more specific. Uh, the Sun Belt. I, I think I, I think Augusta National actually closes down in the summer. It's it's more open in the spring and the fall because it's so hot and muggy in the summer. And then I think they work on the course in the summer. Yeah, they average probably it's, temps in the 110s, 120s down there. So. Uh, just a tidbit about Augusta National. Not exactly a public golf course. You and I ain't driving up there and getting in a casual round. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I I I knew that. You, you very heard well. those? You heard those rumors? <laughs> yes, I've I've heard rumors. Uh, yeah, no, it's a very exclusive company to be actually invited to play on that course. That is, see, I, I'm kind of uh, Augusta National is it, it's it's a, an amazing place. It's an amazing golf course, and it's also a place that has a, a bit of a checkered past. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, it was. Uh, it hasn't always been the most inclusive place in the world, shall we say? Uh, Fair comment. I mean, I mean let's let, let's face it. Um, Augusta National was built, and and I realize things have changed to to a degree, but still, even in, in this century, there's been controversials controversy with minorities and 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 women playing at Augusta National or becoming members and things like that. Augusta National was built by rich white people for rich white people, and I'm not saying it's that's the only place in the world where that has happened, um, but it 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 has really clung to this sort of. I mean, maybe it's changed a little bit recently. I think there's some different people in charge, but it's sort of clung to that. You know, we're this uh, old school proper place and we do things this way and uh, nobody tells us, you know, what to do and and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I read a book about uh, Augusta National a few years ago. And really interestingly, it goes into how Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts got Augusta National built and got the uh, the Masters started and all that kind of stuff and really interesting I, I like the history but man oh man um there is what is the book called uh is it by i'm just double checking yeah kurt i believe it's kurt sampson and the book i wrote is called the book i read is called the masters golf money and power in augusta georgia so that you know they got the course was built i think in less than three months there was a it was a some kind of nursery so they built augusta national bobby jones designed it and, and he kind of designed it to for the way he shot and the way the the shape of the the ball that he hit and yeah some some pretty ugly things uh happened there i I mean one thing i remember and this this is not a pleasant story at all but they used to have what was called battle royals where they would uh take young black men blindfold them 
put boxing gloves on them and put them in a boxing ring. And then the the members there would bet on who was going to survive with these guys blindly swinging at each other and trying to knock each other out. Like that that happened on the grounds of Augusta National. So, I mean, on one hand, I look at this place and I'll be like, my God, like this is an awful history. On the other hand, I think to myself, it would be neat to go there and just see the golf course or maybe somehow play the golf course. Again, Kellen, I don't think you and I are going to be members. No. I think it's and a you very... you have to be invited to be a member. Yeah. If you, if you put it out there that, boy, it'd be cool that I... Even if you're the wealthiest person in the world and you could afford to be a member at Augusta National. Yeah, you have to know somebody who knows somebody who right. knows somebody. Right, and you can't in. suggest that you would like to be invited, you know, because then they're like, no, sorry, sorry. We don't, uh, it's up to us to pick who the members will be. If we ask you, you will come in. And if you are trying to leverage your way in or, you know, drop hints that you would like to be a member, then we're just going to ignore you. It's very so- so do you think it's like a giant room, like the Imperial Star Cruiser, where you got like Darth Vader in the corner, and there's the entire hierarchy of the Imperial Senate, basically, just deciding who gets in and who who doesn't? It's like a giant boardroom someplace. A lot of people. It's like the stone cutters. Yeah, exactly. Richard writing, and he says, when Tiger Woods started playing there when he got famous, I think they said something about a few years earlier, he wouldn't have been even allowed in. That is a text coming in from Richard. Uh, this texture says the rest of the sports season should be played online on Xbox or PlayStation 4 from where they left off. And, uh, and for the Major League Baseball season, they can start on there. Uh, example, five-on-five five team play for the NHL. When they change the lines, they have to pass the controller. But it, I, That's an interesting suggestion. I don't think they're going to decide the Stanley Cup by computer simulation. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, if we ever get really concerned about concussions and injuries, everything is just going to be a computer simulation. I don't think that'll happen in our lifetime, so Kellen. Nope. Somebody suggested, jokingly suggested to me, that they should decide the Stanley Cup champion by a lottery, like the draft lottery. <laughs> so they, they put the top six teams in the top 16 teams in the yeah. draft. In the, in the lottery, and they'd have weighted odds, just like they do for the draft mm-hmm. lottery, and they'd pick a team. And well, we're flip, good at those. Flip o- they'd flip over the piece of cardboard. <laughs> hey, the Edmonton Oilers won the Stanley Cup. The gold card would actually mean something. <laughs> or a whole new meaning to the gold card. <laughs> uh, that's that's amazing. I, I, I'm going to say to that texter, and, and I, I, that's, I, I love that text in about the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox. I would be for that. Only if we used a ColecoVision. Was that not one of the first home, or was it the Texas Instruments was one of the first home video game system? I think they both came out at about the same time, but I yeah, ColecoVision probably was the, the first one. I had it in television. I had it in television was my first home video game system. What, what was yours? Uh, mine was, I have to think way back, I believe I had a Sega Genesis for, for well, like a mu- year. You're much younger than yeah, me. Yeah, way younger. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, much, you're, you're much younger than me. Yeah. I, I, I got a used Sega Genesis for 50 bucks when I was working at Blockbuster. There you the go, mid-90s. see? And I used so. to rent games from Blockbuster to play on a Sega Genesis. So maybe, well, I, I don't think I was in that part of town growing up. I grew up on the North End, but, uh, you know, I was feeding the chain somehow, right? So. All right. 
Let's just do this now. And to everybody listening, I really appreciate you tuning in. This is Inside Sports. If you're wondering why we're talking about some uh, other things, uh, it, it's a it's a tough time. We're going to have coronavirus updates. We're we're going to touch on that story, how it affects the world of sports as we move along. I'm sure we'll uh, profile other athletes, coaches, and, and keep you updated on what's going on in the sports community. And some nights we just may have a little bit of levity. And, and talk about what we're talking about right now. And by the way, this is totally unscripted. Kellen and I just got into this randomly. Steven says, Reed, you have to use NHL 94. So you'd have to import. Okay, now, Steven, could you create all the players on NHL 94 with their current stats and change their names and all that kind of stuff? Was it that customizable? I don't remember, Kellen. Uh, in Steve, later versions of the game, you could, but Steven not right off the top, I don't think. Later versions of the game, you could. All right. Uh, what are we looking at here? First generation of video game consoles does have a Wikipedia page. Home systems included the uh, the Magnavox Odyssey. <laughs> Came out in 1972. All right. Here's the question of the night. Now, that's older than me, so it's pretty old. Well, I was born in 1974. So the Magnavox Odyssey came out in 1972. According to Wikipedia, which is never wrong, it came packaged with board game paraphernalia such as cards, paper money, and dice to enhance the games. Can you imagine a company doing that now? Could you imagine a video game company doing that now saying, we don't think this video game is good enough on its own, so we're going to put board game elements with it. That's pretty funny. All right, so the uh, Magnavox Odyssey. Uh, wow, there was a series of eight Magnavox Odyssey consoles from 75 to 77. That is incredible. Uh, Home Pong came out in, in 1975. Uh, Atari Home Pong came out. The Coleco Telestar series started up in 1976. There we go. So we had the Magnavox, we had the Odyssey series, and we had the TV tennis series. We are going back, uh, and then Coleco. So that's considered the first generation of video game consoles, none of which I owned. This texture says the CFL needs an Xbox or PS4 game. What, what we interviewed that guy, what was it called, Maximum Football? I believe so, I Canadian Maximum really, Football. I don't know if it really did very well. It was on oh, Steam, so it was PC. So it was on the PC. No, I thought you could. I thought you could get it for PS4 and PS or something. I'll have to look back and see for but sure. Christian I know I bought it for for Steam. Right, but I yeah. thought I thought you could. I thought it was maybe downloadable content because now when you have an Xbox or a PlayStation, you don't have to buy a disc. Even for those systems, you can download games right through their online store so yeah. you just sit in your chair and you buy the game i don't know how long it takes to download probably not quite a bit oh it does okay. it does yeah all right i don't think i've ever done it uh but he uh we 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 talked to the guy who designed the game uh but it was what was it maximum football uh we can try our guests now kellen we're we're filling time here for pat steinberg everybody or for you guys, if you just want to call in with riddles like John did. It was called Maximum Football, and you could play, I think, either CFL, NFL, or NCAA rules. And it had a like fake CFL. It had all the CFL cities, but they couldn't use the real names, but they had the uniform colors. 
I'm sure somebody out there went and got it. Uh, Mike says, is this gamer dude crap going to be your default go-to for the sports hiatus duration? It will not actually, Mike. Thanks for checking. Uh, this texture says you can get Games Pass Ultimate on Xbox and PC now where you access games, download them, play them, and then uh, the next month, other new games. It's kind of like X- Xbox. It's kind of like the Netflix of gaming on Xbox. Okay, Pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen that before. I, I, I have a buddy that, that subscribes to that service. It's pretty. It's an awesome ser- service. All right. We got Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 on the phone. Pat, how are you doing? I'm good, Rainer. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. Thanks for checking in tonight. Quite a uh, a, a crazy week, and uh, you, know, you know, I think there was obviously an, an, another story that we I probably would have talked more about yesterday, and maybe even asked you to come on last night. But we had all the leagues being canceled. But uh, you know, a huge figure in the Calgary sports world, and I think I would even say the Canadian sports landscape, and that is King Ken, Ken King. Unfortunately, passed away uh, yesterday. You know, just can you kind of give me your thoughts on on Ken and, and and his impact over the years? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, first of all, Ken was uh, a larger-than-life figure in this city. There's no doubt about it. He used to be the publisher of the Calgary Sun. And I want to say, I don't know exactly the year, but I want to say 2002, 2003, somewhere in that range, he took over as president of the Calgary Flames and CEO of the Calgary Flames and took over at a time when it was not, as you know, in Edmonton. I mean, Canadian franchises at that time were not very strong. Now, it was it certainly had taken a little bit of a turn. I believe the equalization program was in place by that point, but still, it was not a a really strong time to be a Canadian franchise in the NHL. So he took over in the early 2000s and um, he, he led a number of campaigns in terms of making sure the Flames could have a stronger foothold in this city, that uh, the the corporate sponsorship would be a whole lot stronger. And, and I think that did a lot of good things for the hockey team in this market and that hockey team then turned into kind of the the largest figure in you know very similar to the other sports and entertainment group it's uh, calgary sports and entertainment corporation down here that is the sole owner of the flames the nll roughnecks the whl hitman and you know a vast majority owner of the cfl's calgary Stampeders. so it it really has turned into a pretty impressive empire under ken but i think it goes beyond that the guy was the guy was um an extremely passionate and fierce leader and whether you agreed with what he was fighting for or not he always fought tooth and nail for what's right and you know you i know that you were very involved and engaged in the entire saga and conversation leading up to the building of rogers place well you know the the calgary situation and the calgary fight for a new event center which finally got um, agreed upon a number of months ago. It was a 14-year fight for Ken, and that was kind of the thing that he was going to have as his legacy going out, and he fought hard for it. It was controversial at times. There were plenty of fights with the city of Calgary. Uh, There were plenty of disagreements with uh, members of office and the Calgary Flames and ownership, but 
One thing more than anything else, he fought for his owners. He fought fiercely for Murray Edwards and the Flames uh, ownership group, and he did so unapologetically. And then the one thing I'll share about Ken is, you know, I, I got to know him very well over his time. He was very involved around the Scotiabank Saddledome, seeing him here all the time. And he, uh, he he took a very, very keen interest in what was being said about the team, which I think is is most the, the job of most presidents. But what I always appreciated about Ken was the fact that he took a keen interest in what you said, but never once, even as the rights holder of the team, did he come and tell me what to say or, or tell me I shouldn't have said that. A couple of times he came to challenge me and, and said, hey, I didn't like what you said here. Why did you say that? And then we got into a conversation. And as soon as he got into the conversation and, and gave your viewpoint and defended your viewpoint, he said, I don't agree with you, but I appreciate the conversation. And and then you just go on, and, and the relationship wouldn't suffer. I saw I saw Ken nine days ago. He uh, stopped in, and and it felt like at the time, reader, he came into our broadcast location. It felt like at the time that he was saying his final goodbyes. He was in a wheelchair. He was on a respirator. Um, he had uh, he had a, a nurse, a palliative care nurse, with him, and and he was frail. But this is a six foot five. Uh, 280-pound man. Like, this is a giant, larger-than-life human being. And so to see him like that, it it, uh, it certainly was a kick in the gut. Um, and and it, it certainly stuck with the, the few people that had the opportunity to say goodbye to him. And, and we knew at that time we probably wouldn't see him again. I just didn't think it would be eight days later that we'd be finding out that he passed. So it was, uh, he, was, he was a great Calgarian. Um, he was a, a sassy boy originally, but he became a Calgarian. He, uh, he fought hard for the city. He fought hard for what he believed was right, and he fought hard for the, the Flames ownership group. And pro sports in Calgary would not be where it is today if it weren't for the work of Ken King. Thanks for that, Pat. Very well said. And it's, uh, it, it's a very strange time in the sports world. Because we don't really have one. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, we, what are you talking about today? Like, what 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 have you spoken about? Today? Uh, well, a few. Have you things. redrafted the 03 draft. I, I redraft. I actually redrafted. Uh, I, I put all the teams from the 1957-58 NHL season into a draft and redrafted the original six. Uh, oh, okay. No, I didn't do that. We actually did talk about video games for a while, which made one listener mad. Uh, I played some Gary Bettman clips, and I and I talked about, you know, Pat. It, it's so. Like, here's the thing. I'm just trying to talk to people, and I, I don't want to alarm people. The NHL hopes that they give out the Stanley Cup. I also think we have to recognize the possibility, and I'm just saying it's a possibility. I don't know which way it's going to go. I think we also have to recognize the possibility that the next hockey season could be delayed, depending how this pandemic plays out. I mean, we're still very early in it, and I know leagues want to be optimistic, and I hope in six to eight weeks maybe we can have some sort of a tournament but but we just don't know. We just don't know if the CFL season is going to be affected. We don't know how much baseball, if any, is actually going to be played. It's just a very strange time. You know, when people ask me, when are the Oilers going to be back? I don't know. Could It could yeah. be May 1st. Could be November 1st. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, I've kind of come around to the fact that as much as I would love to see a Stanley Cup given out this year, I mean, geez, Reid, if, if if you think about it, you go take a look at the standings. Who would be playing? And uh, I guess I guess by points percentage, they wouldn't be playing. No, in we'd play round Vancouver. One of the playoffs. Probably, we'd probably play Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. 
but by the actual standings, it would be Calgary and Edmonton. And for if if they were to play like a week more of regular season games, just to ensure that everybody got the same amount of games or something like that, good chance that the Flames and Oilers would play each other for the first time in almost 30 years. Like, do I really want that taken away from me? Not not really. Do I really want that taken away from hockey fans in this province? No, I, I don't really want that. But I also understand that there is a, a very real chance that there's not a Stanley Cup given out this year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I have no knowledge of the situation. I know as much as you do. I know as much as, as your listener who's listening right now does. But I do I do think there's a viable possibility that we don't see hockey again until October or maybe beyond because we have no idea how wide-ranging this thing is going to get. I mean, we're only just starting to see it become an actual problem in Alberta. And, and I, I don't know how, how hard hit Alberta is going to get. I don't know if it's going to be hit to the same extent as the West Coast has been. I don't know if it's going to spread that far. I don't know if we're going to all of a sudden seeing our healthcare system in this province have issues with, with respirators and ventilators. I don't know. I just, I just know that right now I can't sit here and, and tell you with great confidence that, one way or the other, we're going to get hockey back before the end of the 1920 season or, or we're not. I'm just kind of prepared for the fact that it might not happen. And, and I, I'm okay with it not happening because this whole thing is bigger than the Stanley Cup and bigger than whether or not the Flames and Oilers play one another. So it's, it's messed up. It's, it's like this has been the most strange and difficult and heavy 48, 72 hours I could ever remember. We're not supposed to, like, you work at a news station. I work in a, at a sports station that is side-by-side side with a news station. Like, I make fun of those people, the newsies. And I, we're, we're supposed to talk about the fun stuff and, and not, like, they're supposed to talk about the, the gloomy stuff. Well, we have to right now. The whole thing is heavy. I don't like it, but I understand where we are, and I don't know where we're going. I really don't. Pat, I'll tell you what, I will uh, come on with you anytime, and I always enjoy having you on Inside Sports, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you need me next week, we can uh, we can talk about the best Subway bread. I think we can spend an entire, uh, spend an entire segment <laughs> yeah. on whether it's Italian herbs and cheese or just a straight-up whole wheat. I'm still waiting for that Subway sub in the mail for that one day I came on your show four years ago. Oh, well, think, keep waiting. I think you should probably keep waiting. <laughs> See you, Pat. Bye, Rainer. Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Hockey Canada CEO Tom Rennie when we get back. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.